In part one of this Dear Christmas episode, we explored all the trappings of the Christmas season. Cutting down the tree, drinking hot cocoa, putting up the lights, decorating the house, the ugly sweater party. It's the perfect backdrop to fall in love. But is it love or is it the season? Are you really falling in love or are you just in love with Christmas? Maybe when the snow melts, you'll fall out of love and it's over like a seasonal allergy. Holiday love is very complicated at Christmas. You can't just crack it that easily. That's why we're gonna continue this episode next week, live. I'll be talking about the magical, elusive gift that is very hard to wrap, true love. So if you have a true love story that you'd like to share for episode two of Dear Christmas, send it in. I'll be live streaming part two from a place I truly love, my childhood home. Until then, Dear Christmas, this is Natalie Morgan reminding you to enjoy the season and don't eat too many cookies. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas. We cut down cookies. We cook trees. This week, a movie so bad that it's bad. Oh, I'm not sure it's redeemable. I think they just wanted to put Melissa Joan Hart and Jason Priestley together. They didn't really care what the plot was. This is the Pool Scene Podcast. I am Kevin. I'm joined by Jim. Listen, I had to take the advice of the clids out there and enjoy the gold balloon as I bundled up and watched this horrendous pile of quote unquote Christmas shit. It doesn't feel like a Christmas movie at all. We've now entered the Christmas portion of WTF season. And just because we've switched to Christmas content doesn't mean it can't be WTF because this is WTF. It's the definition of it. We are discussing the 2020 Lifetime movie, Dear Christmas directed by Emily Moss Wilson, who has directed a bunch of Lifetime Christmas movies. I legitimately, like, I want to write these movies. I think of ideas all the time. It would be so much better if you did. But I have found out that you need to have an agent who is in the Lifetime pipeline And you need to have like sold something already to get an agent in the lifetime pipeline. So it's the whole, how can I get experience (laughs) if you won't give me experience? It's funny that there is a thing called the lifetime pipeline to begin with. It sounds like a mythical place where you go with your fledgling ideas and somebody (laughs) will pick it up for $20 and a handshake. Yeah. It's like a factory. I mean, between Hallmark and Lifetime, there's legitimately, I think like 60 new Christmas movies each year. They mostly have budgets of under a million dollars. They get like legitimately through most of them are filmed in Canada, which we'll get to, but they get between $200,000 and $300,000 back in tax credits. Wow. So due to budget, usually they use non-union crews, no music licensing, which every time you watch a Lifetime or Hallmark movie, you're like, what are they dancing to? What is that song? bad. A lot of the crew are in mid-season form because they just move from one shoot right to the next. Rarely will you see animals or children because of the cost of having them on set and having a trainer and all of that. Most are shot in Canada. Like I said, two weeks production. So these are 15 day shoots it shows no reshoots. <laughs> so whatever they got in the can, that's what they make the movie out of. Now question. Do you think there's animosity between lifetime and Hallmark production companies? Like, is there a war on the North pole floor? I don't think so. I think they, they think, you know, we're, we're better together. See, this is my entry point into these movies. I've never, which is a seen, shame, which is a shame because I've never seen a lifetime movie like this. I've never seen a, well, we saw the Mario Lopez, the, uh, that's also ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But yeah. I never saw a Hallmark but movie. There are some genuinely like there's most of them are watchable. Some are genuinely good. Like I literally like wholesome content. enjoy some of these. Okay. Um, so they shoot 12 hour days, no overtime. They shoot them in the summer, which is a lot of the reason why a lot of them don't feel. And they're, Oh, this stri- one definitely they're didn't. strictly forbidden from walking on the fake snow. Well, you know what I noticed? too you could so tell that this was recorded during the height of covid like there's hardly anybody else around period when they're filming the top actors that appear in these and you'll if you start watching these you'll start to notice like there's like this one i like everything she's in is pretty good like if you see her you know it's gonna be so she's the gold she's the tom cruise there's there's this one dude who's like really good looking he can sing he's like attractive like 
put together. He's up there. There's a whole bunch of them that you'll just see recycling. So those types, not including Lacey Chabert's in like 20 of these. Makes sense. Melissa Joan Hart's in a handful. AC Slater's in four or five and so on. There's like some names who pop up in these. But those top people I talked about who are recurring, they make uh, approximately $900 per day. So in a 15-day shoot, they're only making 12 grand. And consider where they came from initially because most of these are child stars and Priestley was on 90210. Well, Priestley, he's probably getting more. So it's, okay. it's the non- He's getting 1200 a day. Maybe. Producers get paid on final delivery of the product. So editing happens like immediately. Like they shoot these things, they edit them fast, they turn them in and they move on to the next one. Again, the crews, they will work on- So the way this sounds- is that they don't film the script out of sequence and mash together. They sounds like they start from page one. Yeah. Film today, edit that day and move on to the next course. I mean, yeah, like I said, 15 day shoots, these, these things come to, like before they shoot, there is like a mass 500 scripts are submitted. They pick like 30 scripts, give those funding. How great would it be if me and you put our heads together and just write a script for one of these things and submit it? I have a, see- I have a couple ideas. Yeah, we can't. Why? They will not read unsolicited scripts. You uh, have to have. You need to know somebody in the lifetime exactly. pipeline or the Hallmark Some house. studios will take unsolicited scripts. Getting a red is a different thing, yeah. but Lifetime or Hallmark will not. Netflix will not take an unsolicited script. So this is kind of like an airheads thing. So we can't just run in with a demo tape Maybe Jimmy good, Wing. Maybe that's a good idea. <laughs> they should show up at Lifetime. I got my demo script. Like our uh, our boys in uh, Get Down On Me, B44. Yeah. They just showed up and sang for the executive and next thing you know, they had a record contract. So there's not a lot of production notes. There's not a lot of background information. So I'm going to read some snippets of IMDb reviews for Dear Christmas. The Cheese Mistress says, Audio is indeed terrible. If you love to hear actors swallowing their food, then this is the movie for you. And Natalie's father character is absolutely unwatchable. Oh, he's bad. Oh, I need you to come by the bookstore tomorrow and sign copies of your book. Oh, you're in the front window. Oh, I almost forgot. I loved Dear Thanksgiving, that story about the turkey drop. Is that real? Legia Corpse says, Sabrina the Witch and Brandon Walsh? Oh, yes. Oh, no. You would think that somehow they'd be compatible. No. The Peculiar Palette. What are with these names? Like the Cheese Princess and Audi? I did not hear anybody swallow or chew. Leaves a review titled, Congratulations. That says, this one is by far the sappiest, corniest, most far-fetched, over-the-top, nauseatingly sweet piece of torture. (laughs) Nauseatingly sweet. I have ever endured. There are Hallmark movies and Lifetime Christmas movie drinking games. This one pretty much gives you the bingo coverall for checking all the boxes. Opening the movie with the city skyline. Christmas-inspired character name. A character leaving the city to go home. Slow dancing to a Christmas song. A character in a red dress. Making cookies. Storage boxes from your childhood that are clearly labeled. Yeah. So just... Jim, I doubt we're going to have budget and box office. Obviously, there's no box office. But give us whatever news you want, number ones, what, what, really whatever you'd like to share. Let's take a stroll down Christmas tree lane, folks. From WUAB, Channel 43, where the news comes first. This is the 10 o'clock news. Okay, so trying to construct a new segment for this was very interesting because normally I'll give you a budget box office that doesn't exist here. I'm going to give you some of the news highlights that took place on Christmas throughout the years. So if you wanted to go with 2022 news, you could have just said COVID. Kevin, back to you. Back to you, Kevin. So on December the 25th, Mikhail Gorbachev said, Dear Christmas, let's end the USSR. On this date in 1991, the Christmas truce takes place on the battlefields of World War I, or back then known as the Great War, between British and German troops. Instead of fighting, soldiers exchange gifts and play football, or for us Americans, the game of soccer back in 1914. Kevin, there are also 15 weird and forgotten about Christmas traditions that nobody does anymore. Kevin, did you know making real sugar plums, they weren't actually plums at all. They were actually caraway seeds or caramom pods. 
Huh. So there were no sugar plums. Putting fruitcake under your pillow. <laughs> Listen, that's about as far-fetched as the tooth fairy. Sorry, spoiler alert, but why the hell would you shove a fruitcake uh. under your pillow? You literally are going to have to wash your sheets all the time. You're just wasting water and totally damaging the environment. Electing a child to run the church. That's an interesting one. <laughs> why not? Because... Fuck it. Hiding string beans in your Christmas cake. Uh, Why the fuck would you do that? I found a bean in my Christmas cake. I'd lose it. Oh, oh, here's my favorite one, though, Kevin. I'm going to end it with this one. Caroline extortion. So carolers extorting people. Back in the day, 19th century Europe, they'd go from house to house and say, okay, we're going to sing you a song and you can either invite us in for food or a drink. But if you don't, you never know what's going to happen to your yard. What the fuck? So literally extortion. I'm going to sing jingle bells. And if you don't give me what I want, Batman is going to smell and leave a shit on your porch. <laughs> like what the fuck is wrong with people? There is one man who is a Christmas staple. No, it's not Santa Claus. It's Santa George. What's up, George? Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael. Welcome to the sports machine. Christmas Day, 1941, the Detroit Red Wings beat the Brooklyn Americans in overtime. Kevin, this is the interesting part. The NHL used to have a tradition of playing on Christmas Day, and this game is the only one to ever go into overtime. Nice. As the Red Wings beat the Americans 3-2, 18 days after the attack on Pearl Harbor. The NHL eliminated overtime in 1942 because of wartime restrictions and did not reinstitute it until the 83-84 season. So for over 40 years, no overtime, you ended in a tie. First off, sports, I don't care if it's football, I don't care if it's hockey, nothing ever should end in a tie. I disagree. I think football, no. But at some point, you're risking player safety because imagine a football game that just remained tied after 12 quarters. Well, at that point, then just do what they do in soccer. Just start doing PKs. Just do kicks or something. Give me a, a conclusion. Yeah. I don't know. I'm very fickle about that. The highest grossing Christmas movie. Kevin, you want to take a stab? What the highest grossing Christmas movie thus far ever is? Fred Claus. <laughs> No, it was The Grinch in 2018, the uh, highest grossing makes, Christmas makes movie makes ever. Sense. And should have guessed animated. Would you like to take a guess at the highest selling Christmas song of all time? Highest grossing. Right, Carrie. All I want for Christmas is wrong. Year. White Christmas. White Christmas. Bing Crosby sold in excess of 50 million copies worldwide, making it the best selling single of all time. His grandkids are going to college on that song. You know what's bad though? You hear a lot of backstory about Bing Crosby and his family. You're like, oh, yeah. And that's not the good old blue eyes I grew up with. I already watched White Christmas this year, one of probably 10 times because I love that movie. But Kevin, that's all that was going on at this point in Christmas around the world at this time. Hey, morning. Hey. Hey. Told you I'd be seeing you today. What are you doing? Oh, I'm hanging Christmas lights. I want to border every window so when it's lit up, it looks like the house is smiling. Oh. Nice pajamas. Let's live stream a podcast into the plot. I didn't have anything better than that. But <laughs> it doesn't matter. Natalie Morgan is the number one fucking podcaster in the world. Fuck Joe Rogan. Yeah. Forget Mark Marin. True crime podcasts are bullshit. Natalie Morgan is where it's at doing her holiday-themed Dear Abby-esque podcast where she reads how people fell in love. What I wouldn't give if they would have had a streaming service like their Spotify, but they call it like Coffify. They or, do that in a lot of these I movies. know. There's always like some weird social media platform or something. So she's got to be bringing, I don't know what, $250 million a year. Year, oh, big time. Doing live shows. You see, they spare no expense to that studio. Yeah. Especially because she also released the book version of her podcast. <laughs> Wait till you pool seniors out there get the book pool version of this. I would actually do a pool scene. I think it'd be fun. Book. We you already guys want that. A lot of stories. Uh, yeah, the one at one point in time, she records a podcast in the basement while her family has to be quiet upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, she leaves Chicago, goes home to spend Christmas with her parents in beautiful Lake Tahoe. 30 minutes out, she gets a flat tire and her cell phone is dead. So, what's the problem? Well, it's really cold out. I've been traveling for 12 hours. I'm late to my parents' house and, uh, oh yeah, I got a flat. Well, I can take care of the flat for you. There's some hot cocoa in my truck. Why don't you call your parents? Oh, I would, but my phone is dead. That's all right. There's a charging cable in there. Oh. A tow truck driver called Mr. Christmas 
gives her a phone charger, hot cocoa. Jesus Christ. And changes her tire. It's every cliche imaginable, this movie. She calls her her pregnant sister, who tells her about the hot babe who helped her. The next day, she's sleeping at her parents' house, wakes up to the sound of hammering. Mr. Christmas is hanging Christmas lights on her parents' house. Fucking serial killer. He tells her that she doesn't remember him, but they were an eighth grade band together. His name is Chris Massey. Christmassy. (sighs) They continue to run into each other. Fucking worse. Everywhere over the next week because Chris has like, what, 42 jobs? Yeah, he volunteers. And they, they learn that they've been all the same places, even at the same time. It seems like that fate has almost been trying to force them together. It's Tyler Durden. All is going perfectly for their blossoming romance until an anecdote for Natalie's podcast comes in that says true love takes time. Oh. So rather than embrace what she's feeling for Chris, she rejects him. Hi, Natalie. Uh, thanks for having me on your Dear Christmas podcast. I recently met a very nice woman. Okay, so what's the problem? She thinks what we have is happening too fast. Well, when did you meet? A week ago. That does sound a little too fast to me. You know, love takes time, especially true love. I've heard her say that. I think maybe she's just scared. Well, I don't think you should do her thinking for her. Maybe you both just need some space. Soon there's going to be a lot of space. After Christmas, she'll be 2,000 miles away. Well, you aren't expecting her to stay here. Are you? However, she gets her sign that she was wrong not to trust her feelings. While going through her old childhood journals, which are clearly marked, she discovers... (laughs) As if they were marked yesterday. She has a crush on Chris in eighth grade. So she had his name with... She had a crush on three million guys that he switched by the day. He gives her... (laughs) A promise ring is the movie ends. <laughs> They're 40. They're like 50. Don't worry. It's not an engagement ring. It's just to show you how I feel about you and to let you know I think we have a future together. He's like 50. He looks like fucking snowman from Smokey and the Bandit. And he gives her a promise ring. He gives ring. her a promise ring. I mean, uh, I, I kind of respect it because. He's locking it down somewhat. Uh, they've known each other a week. A week. So he can't be like, will you marry me? There are movies like this where yeah. they do get engaged, but he doesn't want to ask her to marry him. But why not just like kiss her and tell her. Do you think throughout the 15 days they filmed this movie, they realize, oh, cliche, cliche. Let's throw a curveball at the end. Everybody thinks they're going to get married. Oh, no, 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 my friend. Promise ring. That's One fir- day. That is the first time I've seen a promise ring. Never so. seen it pulled out like that. Way to go. On I did a promise ring for my first girlfriend. Okay. She ended up throwing it under a pile of my uh, laundry in my bedroom, which was great. Way to go. Characters. Melissa Joan Hart as Natalie Morgan. Melissa Joan Hart, of course. Clarissa. And she explained it all in this movie. Sabrina the Teenage which Jason Priestley oh. as Chris Massey, 90210 fame. Jason Priestley ever do anything else? I don't think so. I think he was in a couple movies. I couldn't name he was it. Calendar off. Girls. That's right. That was a good one. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think he really ever Which, caught on. I'm kind of shocked he didn't really get caught on. You watched this movie and well, his acting. Well, it seemed like he mailed it in for $900 a week or something or whatever it was. A day. Uh, Ed Begley Jr. as Natalie's father. From St. Elsewhere's to St. Nowhere. Okay. Unbelievable performance. <laughs> I've never seen. He, he gives the opening monologue SNL where it's like they're obviously looking off camera at cue cards. Like that is the level of his performance. He looks like he's not even talking to his daughter at times. Like he's just no. in space. Yeah. And bring him a Christmas donut. I picked them up at Glazed and Confused this morning. I went early when you were asleep. Oh, honey, thank you. (laughs) I'll be outside. I think they're just letting him riff. Yeah, him and Priestley are really trying to outdo each other. Faith Prince as Jenny Morgan. I asked Jim, I was like, watch this movie and tell me what she's from. And you figured it out. Yeah. She's in The Last Dragon. She was Eddie Arcadian's like main Protégé, yeah. And she was in Dave. Yeah. Nikki Whelan as Emma, the sister I fucking hate her haircut. <laughs> 
so stupid. That's your only problem? It's her side. Well, she at least tries and she's in some other ones. And then Robin Givens is Penny. Which, I, why, how did they get Rob? Why? Robin Givens filmed all of her scenes in, in an th- hour? In 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. So which actor or actress gives a passable performance? Oh. Does any non-lead character steal scenes? Okay, I was hesitant in giving it to anybody until I saw the glory scene where Natalie gets these random video testimonials yes. where I look on IMDb. Uh, it just says cameo. We're going the same place. On cameo. This. My nominee is the woman in the testimonial with her soldier husband. Mm which I believe is Hillary Burton. So we met actually at our friend's Christmas party. And the truth is I fell in love with her the moment I met her. <laughs> you didn't. I gave you my number. You never called me. No, what happened was I got deployed the following day. I was yeah, rushing yeah. and I accidentally lost her number. Uh-huh. Well, I went to the same Christmas party the next year and there you were in your cute little uniform, looking handsome, so it was pretty hard to stay mad at you. For some reason, she seemed to give the most genuine, yes, question mark, performance in this movie. Dana cried. With that? In that scene, because her boyfriend is deployed, or husband, or boyfriend. Boyfriend, yeah. He is deployed, and we'll talk about it later, but she gets a package while they're on this live call. So I'm assuming that the logic of how this works is like, he recorded this from Zoom. It seems like, He had a Zoom call with his wife, telling their story. Girlfriend. Girlfriend, and then he recorded it and sent it to submit it for the podcast. But see, are we going to, okay, we're going to talk about the scene more because I have a big issue yeah. with the scene though. Okay. But okay. yeah, her is my so, favorite. Yeah. Okay. So she, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that yeah. scene. So mine, I'm fired up, Kevin. <laughs> mine's, it's fucking Hank. It's, hey, he says that he looks like a German terrorist. Dude doesn't have a single line. Hi, dear Christmas. My name is Penny and I'd like to tell you my true love story. I have a friend that for years has been telling me to give this guy, Hank, a chance. (laughs) For the last five years, Hank has worked for me as my human resources director. He's the guy that puts down the rules that there can be no office romances without consent. Well, this week, I went to Hank and I asked him for consent to have an office romance. With him. It turns out that my good friend was right about me and Hank. And just to be honest, I have to admit, meetings with Hank were always a lot more fun. He's well-dressed and he's got a great physique. (laughs) It turns out that me and Hank have been crushing on each other for the last five years. I learned this Christmas that true love doesn't happen Fast. He sits there. He's got the long shoulder the length gray hair. maestro. He's tilting his head at Robin Givens. And through a little research, I found out he was played by Leslie Gillums. Yes. He was on Master Chef. What? What? What was he? I have no idea. Was he a Master Chef? He must have been a Master Chef. But he just, he it's fucking Hank, man. I wanted to hear his voice. I don't know what the guy okay, sounds so- like. This is CNN Breaking News. My name is Leslie Gilliams. I'm 56 years old. I live in Malibu, California, and I'm a stay-at-home dad. This is CNN Breaking News. We'll just move on to best scenes. So <laughs> That's my favorite scene. It's, it's, so <laughs> this Dear Christmas podcast is, she does one for each holiday, basically. So Flag Day. There dear, better be dear sequels. Flag day, dear Arbor Day. Dear St. Patrick's Day. This is our St. Patrick's Day love story. So Penny owns the podcast company, Earmuffs. Is that what it's called? It's called Earmuffs. Oh, so I Penny, did not see that. Penny started a podcast like, you know, your Earwolf or your yeah. head gum studio whoever penny owns earmuffs and gave natalie her break doing a podcast so gave her her break she's the only break she has it's the only host you have in this as whole far thing. as we know as i hope there's know. a whole universe you think there's uh, a lore an earmuffs universe but uh <laughs> it's like atreides yeah, uh, so <laughs> so penny her the owner surprises her by sending in her true love story <sighs> to be submitted for dear christmas and it turns out that she has fallen in love with her hr manager hank which there's a big fucking problem with and that. his hot physique yeah <laughs> no 
eyes. He doesn't say a word. She just sits there and talks. He, and he like cr- he like tilts his head like a dog. He like does the way my Shih Tzu will tilt his head at me when I talk to him. There's that a big ethics issue here. Work. Yes. How many? Is it just her and him? Do you need an HR department? There's three of them. <laughs> I I have no idea. I mean, it is bizarre. I'm waiting for him to interject and say, I imagine like a guy working under Hans Gruber. Yeah. Now I have a machine gun. Who's also That's a what maestro. He looks like. I'm thinking he has like a broken German yes. accent. We don't hear nothing. Well, it, it, it's the continuation of Die Hard 1 and 3. Yes. Where you find out there's another Gruber, Gruber. and it's, it's he's Hank, like Gary it's Gruber. Leslie Gruber. Leslie <laughs> Gruber. He just tilts his head. He doesn't say anything. That's the thing about these like testimonials. So everybody submits these videos, which explain the logic of how her her iPad dings. Yeah. She opens it up. It's the boom. And the video's playing. It's she doesn't have to open anything. Well, it's, it's clearly an iPad but it's trying not to look like an yeah. iPad. So it's the most thing I can say. It's like iCarly in the pear phone. Yeah. So she has okay. a pear pad. All right. So yeah. So she just opens these. This is the only emotion in this entire movie is these yeah. testimonials. That's it. That's it. There's no, because like everyone else is so lifeless. <laughs> it's, it's literally puppets. There's no chemistry between anyone. Ed Begley Jr. and the lady from Last Dragon, no yeah. chemistry. No chemistry between father and daughter. No chemistry between Jason Priestley and anyone. The girl who plays her sister is trying to me, anyways, to one-up every scene she's in. Yeah. This is my sister, Emma. Just ignore her. <laughs> nice to meet you, Emma. Nice to meet you, Mr. Christmas. You gonna bring my sister a present this year? With the worst fake pregnancy belly yes. bump I've yep. ever seen in my life. Yeah. It's horrible. So, and she is without her husband for most of the movie until he finally shows up. He's a, who's a waste of fucking space. Yeah. And then he sleeps the whole time. That, like he's there when Natalie is in the bar slash coffee shop. And then Chris shows up to sound check for his sing along. Up on the housetop, click, 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 down through the chimney. Good St. Nick. So, am I following you, or are you following me? Neither. I just came by to drop off the gift basket. The door was unlocked, so I just walked in. Yeah, Sheila left it open for me to check the sound. I'm hosting a holiday sing-along tonight. Oh, cool. How does he know the song? (laughs) Jesus Christ! You find out him and Natalie have been all the same places at all the same time. So, it sort of gives, like... To me, strong serenity vibes. Yes. Because it's like they're always in the same place at the same time. Well, I texted you and my first thoughts was, I once again, never saw this before. I'm like, is he only visible to a certain amount of people? Like, is this some sort of very meta thing? Yeah. Until I realized, oh, he went to the dance. There's more people around. They see him. Yeah. There's, it seems like some sort of destiny that they're supposed to be together, but they, they talk about all the places they've been and all of that. He's a merchant marine. It's the only time in this movie that we learn anything yeah the rest of this movie is just and like, i didn't care <laughs> rest of this movie is like a screensaver it's just like melissa joan hart making cookies and like an ugly sweater party and and hanging christmas lights and a bookstore that really is not needed in that little town yeah all right i have next because that was your only best scene with penny right yeah i have uh so when they do the blowjobs so i mean the glass blowing oh <laughs> Gonna be like, did I miss the blow jumps? You didn't know all these people. That's why they like. I didn't see it bigly get blown. Uh, the glass blowing when we find out Chris has a hundred jobs only so he can support his art. So, am I following you or are you following me? This one's all on you. I work here. What about all your other jobs? I only do those side gigs to support my art. Well, I've been seeing these all over town. I make them. Of course you do. They're really beautiful. My mom is a nurse in New York City, so I made one for her. The other nurses loved it so much, I had to make more. And then I just kept making them, and they became a way to say thank you to all the nurses and first responders. That's amazing. How did you get into this? I saw a guy do it once in Slovenia, and it just spoke to me. It's really fun. You want to try it? Sure. Yes. He makes the glass hearts. 
that he seems to give away. But it's funny because, yes, he They're does. fucking everywhere. But Granted, hide a COVID. It's one of the only interesting things in this movie is the B-roll of someone doing the glass blowing. Yeah. You get a little, like, montage of someone doing the glass blowing. It's very obviously not Jason Priestley. Definitely not. You just get hands and the whole glass Now, you know, if this wasn't on Lifetime, okay, say this was a little saucier, you know there would have been a ghost-type scene where they were doing oh, sexy man. glass blowing. They're blowing it, both of them. <laughs> Blow, she's blowing him. He's blowing her. 69. So if any, if there's any glass blowers out there in the pool scene universe, please make us a, uh, a 69 out of, out of glass. Yes, <laughs> a glass 69. Is there, is there dear Christmas merch? Who's that super famous glass blower that has the, uh, all the art all over Seattle and the museum and stuff. Fuck what I know. I don't know. <laughs> Who's You're a Renaissance guy? man. I am a Renaissance man. I don't know anything about glass blowers. I wonder if we can commission them to give us a maybe that guy that does the uh the sword that sword show you used to forged watch forged in fire yeah maybe There's he a knows new that. forged in fire coming where it's like uh it's like a they have to survive obstacle course with the knife that they forged what the f- what is happening i love it do they go up the aggro crag your weapon sir it will kill uh speaking of killing people uh any pools here in lake tahoe how would we know <laughs> yeah we get why not it's not christmas apparently don't look it they have fucking trees covered in parmesan <laughs> there's you you texted me about the sad cookie i was like that i'll bring okay i'll make that a best scene so she realizes that it's going way too quickly and she should not go with her instincts because she's a professional who should know about love but she realizes she's got to push him away she can't totally you know fall for these feelings that she has for him so you have cliche montage sad music the family's making christmas dinner making christmas desserts her mom's famous christmas cookies they're making snowman everybody's putting happy faces her sad face i'm like oh for fuck's sake i was audibly yelling at my tv like are you fucking kidding me okay so i think you just captured something about these movies is sometimes i i think that's deep down why i really actually like i've found genuine joy over the last two years i've probably watched a hundred plus lifetime and hallmark movies. how do you do this i enjoy like is it because it's hokey and you can just be like okay it's fucking ridiculous i laugh so hard at how stupid some of this stuff is and how unbelievable and one of the fun parts is like five minutes into the movie knowing like like we just watched this one and i'll tell you what it's called because i have i have a list going on my phone you can see i've now watched (laughs) holy shit i've already watched 31 movies 31 of these this year that is insane it's december 7th so you've watched um, 31 and i've only watched two christmas so there is one called christmas movie magic and it's about this in this universe it's like the most famous christmas movie of all time now are these all hallmark and lifetime hallmark and lifetime okay some of the netflix ones there's a really good one on netflix called let it snow there's a series on netflix a christmas mini series called dash and lily that's good holiday is really good with emma roberts that one's really funny uh kristen chenowitz in it it's good this christmas movie so christmas movie magic it's basically like this small town is known for this old like famous like a white christmas was shot there yeah and in conjunction to the movie was this very famous Christmas song and Christmas wouldn't be the same. Well, this woman, she wants a job as like a serious journalist. She goes to this small town to research and they find out like that the movie star actually was in love with someone from this town. And that song was written for someone, but it's like two minutes in the movie. Spoiler alert. Just, <laughs> If you're going to watch this, it's the fucking grandma. Uh. Everybody knows it's the grandma. It's so obvious, but they put you through an hour and a half of movie for it to find out. Oh, it's the grandma. I'm shocked. Oh, for fuck's sake. All right, let's get out of the uh, gumdrop candy cane swimming pool. Oh, great. Let's go cut a tree in the woods. How are you going to do it? Clarissa explain that shit. They should have had a shirtless Jason Priestley in this one. He should have been shirtless the whole time. Yeah, I mean, why not? We're going to have our buddy Will B join us for this very special Christmas pool party. Hey, Will. Hi. So uh, we heard that you're having a pool party. Mind if we come? Sure. You can bring your brothers and sisters, too. Everyone can come. Cool. Like 
All right. At this point, I think you know the rules of the pool party by now. We basically frame a scenario where we pick a movie universe that we live within, what we wear, who we bring as a date, food and drink, band, movie. I didn't do a vehicle for this one. I didn't either. Okay. So that's fine. So obviously being a Christmas pool party, we're going to do a Christmas movie universe. Okay. I'll go first. My Christmas movie universe. Gremlins. Ooh. I want a big house party full of drunk people and gremlins <laughs> just don't feed them after midnight yeah don't hit them well, with that's, water that's probably a big part of them i mean like that's a challenge you lose, with the track, drunks around. You lose track of time yeah someone goes in to piss in the bathroom a gremlin comes up over the shower curtain hey guys i was up there with that gremlin hey greg fuck that gremlin again <laughs> did he get it wet <laughs> she's soaked uh-oh so the polar opposite of smoke smoking a gremlin <laughs> smoked a gremlin <laughs> me and these clids up the street smoked a gremlin <laughs> Okay, so the opposite of the clids and the gremlins, I'm going the 1954 movie universe of White Christmas. I'm going to make this a little challenging. So coming home from the war, reacclimating, using my talents as a songster. That it would be a songster. Sure. Yeah, whatever. Going up to a, a resort up in the, the Vermont mountains, a ski resort and trying to, you know, jazz up everything, make everybody feel warm and wanted. And I like that a little fun, loving musical type breath of fresh air. I dig it. Clothes. I'm for sure wearing an ugly Christmas sweater. I'm kind of torn. So I like ugly Christmas sweaters used to be like an earnest thing. Yeah. People wore them because they did not think they were ugly. They thought they were festive. They were genuine. They had bells and tinsel and all kinds of shit. So then it got the whole aesthetic of being like an ugly Christmas sweater. Yeah. So then people started to produce ugly sweaters on purpose. And at that point, does it become like less cool? Like it's not cool anymore because it's on purpose. But I do really like like the Ghostbusters ones. The RoboCop one. The RoboCop one's fucking great. $500. Yeah. I mean, most of them are like $75 to $90. But so I'm wearing some... Maybe I'm wearing a judgment night. I like a Christmas sweater. <laughs> Imagine a judge. It has the RV in the front on the back. It has Dennis it's got Leary. Piven and Dennis Leary on the back. It's Ray Lyon. A bunch dead. of Estevez faces and a boxing match. <laughs> Just a random boxing match. A boxing match. gloves on it. <laughs> there should be a, a thing where you press, you hear Ray scream as he falls off the apartment building. Dwarfs on the side for sure. You always have to have full dwarf on the side. So my outfit, with it being 1954, I can't think of a Christmas sweater. So I went with the sleek looking over the top beautiful three-piece gray suit with wingtip shoes black Perfect. and white wingtips very traditional go out dancing be able to slide around like a, a red and white pocket square any any way to jazz it up for christmas i think you could put an ascot i think okay. you're where ben crosby does an ascot and white christmas so why the hell not my date that i'm uh, bringing to this party I, i've invited i in, in this universe i think i have a, a nice large house i've invited my date someone i want to show up clark griswold was always horny for like young girls <laughs> when he had a like a super awesome hot wife at home. I'm I'm inviting Beverly D'Angelo. Dude, she was ridiculously She's so hot. hot in those movies God. and like super cool. And Clark's like always like, you know, chasing this young trim. How was Beverly D'Angelo? Was she really considered a sex symbol? Because I, I feel like she, she wasn't. Was. No, she should have been. Like that first vacation movie, when you see her in the shower, like, holy shit. Well, I will appreciate her the way that Clark didn't and, and really have a good time until she's killed by gremlins. Well, hopefully you, uh, you get her moist, but unlike a gremlin, she won't go crazy or will she? Woman who will go crazy if you give her nice little drink. 1954 bombshell, buxom bosomy bombshell, triple B, Jane Mansfield. Nice. Who in 1954 became Playboy Playmate of the Year, right when Hugh Hefner started Playboy. Yeah. So most of these guys in World War II would have posters of Jane Mansfield on the wall. And when they want to come home from war, they can hook up or, as they said back then, give her a nice rogering. A <laughs> Imagine how difficult Jane Mansfield's life probably was. Oh, back because then. like how universally unaccepted she was. She was probably yeah. getting like attacked on the streets just yeah. for existing. Oh, hell yeah. So, but you have to remember back then too, women went to extremes about having like the hourglass shape. Like they yeah. have, they'd remove oh, ribs yeah. and yep. shit. If they do the waist training, God. And stuff. food and drink. I I'm not providing much. Everybody's just here to get drunk. Little Debbie Christmas trees and Great Lakes Christmas ale. I thought you were going to say elf nog. <laughs> elf. What the fuck is elf nog? Eggnog. Elf nog. I'm going to say eggnog is elf cum. Give him a good time. <laughs> elf nog. Elf nog. <laughs> 
Do you like the little Debbie Christmas trees? I used to. I used to eat them a lot when I was a kid. Of course, that's when I had a metabolism. My dad swears by them still. But yeah, a lot of people we know love them. I think Kalenich just said he really loves them. And uh, I always found it interesting when you'd eat those. You would have the smoothest mouth yeah, texture, and it was yes. so weird. It was weird alien. Mouth. To me, I'm indifferent. Like I, I like them, but I don't enjoy them enough to where I think it's necessary to consume the calories. No. Like, I, I don't. There's not. One's enough. Yeah, like, exactly. So my is just a drink, and it's a traditional, one of the best ones of the early 1950s, a Tom Collins, okay. which, if you guys don't know what it is, it's three ounces of gin, two ounces of lemon juice, one ounce of simple syrup, some club soda, top it off with a cherry, and a long, thin Tom Collins glass. Perfect, man. Great job. Good stuff. Uh, so, band, I was I was like, so I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, we've got Gremlin Chaos. They're oh, chasing people God. around. I'm like, I need to soundtrack the Gremlins. I, I originally was going to go with Mighty Mighty Boss Tones because they perform in Clueless in the movie. Yeah. But I thought it'd be way more fun with the Gremlins running around if the group was the Spice Girls. Ooh. So it's just like upbeat pop, like yeah. Spice Girls soundtrack. You know the Gremlins or the Mogwais are going to sing one of Oh, I know. It's going to be like great. Like the Mogwai, there's going to be like a 80s jazzercise looking Mogwai yeah. who's dancing to it. And then the Gremlins are, are making fun of them. And, and I'm sure that the Spice Girls probably be a good sport about, you know, they would cut an album like the Spice Girls featuring the Gremlins doing oh their hits like to become one. You're getting me too excited now because oh that sounds like amazing. <laughs> This was a little bit of a difficult one. So I'm staying in 1954. And of course, maybe it's kind of an easy way out. But I decided to pick George Clooney's, I believe, aunt, Rosemary Clooney, okay. to be my featured act. Mm. One of the best voices of the time. Really good. And then curveball out of nowhere. Here come my favorite band from the 40s, the Ink Spots, as most of you kids would know from Fallout 3. Perfect. Movie. So... I think the gremlins kill or scare everyone off mostly. The few survivors and the gremlins finish the party by watching Die Hard. Yeah. Just gremlin commentary over Die Hard. It'd be really funny. It'd be although, funny if they watch Gremlins too. Although since speaking of Gremlins 2, since there's a Hulk Hogan cameo in Gremlins 2, yeah. it would be funny if I picked Santa with muscles. So my Christmas movie, fire up the reel to reel kids. I guess the best thing we could watch at this time was Holiday Inn with Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire. Okay. Let's dance around. I tried to stay committed to 54. To the bit. To the bit. Because most of the time, I'll do a pool party and I'm like, oh, I just fucked this entire thing up. So I was like, nope, we're sticking to 54. Perfect. That was fun. Those are good Christmas parties. So, all right, let's get back in the... What, what did you tell me earlier about sugar plums? They're actually sugar caraway they're, they're seeds. They're seeds. That has something to do with just jump, jumping that. So you know what you need to do? Make sure you tie that big Santa down because <laughs> it ended up in a tree last year, fucker. What are you doing? It's a surprise. Okay. Well, I'm headed out. By the way, we have a love-struck teenager upstairs. Really? Really. Next week on Holiday Love, the woman who always talks about love finally finds it. Well, she's been spending a lot of time with him. Who? Oh, I know who you're talking about, Mr. Christmas. You think that's serious? I don't know. Ask her. I'm not going to ask her. You ask her. Why don't we get Emma to ask her? It's only been a couple of days. We'd only known each other a few days when... We knew it was forever. I love you, too. Love you, baby. Mm. Carry on. Be safe. All right, critical question. There's a critical question. Why? A couple of them. What have we all been waiting for? Do we think Chris actually died in eighth grade and now he's returned to Lake Tahoe as some sort of angel? There are too many variables that need to be explained on how he knows certain things that he should have no knowledge of. The song, yeah. for instance. The it literally, the scene before it was the diary saying what her favorite song was the, in kindergarten. I'll see you tomorrow. Every time he talks to her, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. You sound pretty sure of that. Pretty sure. This is my problem. He's described as gorgeous. He's a great uh, dude. Everyone likes him. Yeah. Why is he single? Like in these movies, they would typically tell us, oh, his wife died tragically. He's yeah. a single dad. There's no backstory as to why he's single. If he is this like amazing, unbelievable catch, 
well, it's never explained. And it's because he died. Yeah. He didn't move away in eighth grade. No, he he's, died. He's dead. And he came back. He's an angel. And it's like the wraith. Also, <laughs> no one ever compared. No. Dear Christmas to the wraith. I wish it was the wraith. Here's the thing. This must be the smallest subdivision of Lake Tahoe because, and like I said, it's COVID times when this was filmed. So you get a very limited amount of people on set or around the set. But it seems to hold water if he was not legitimately alive. There's yeah. certain things that just don't add up and he keeps bringing up you see the hearts around maybe the hearts are also some sort of symbolic theme saying maybe he died of a heart attack or oh, he died of a broken heart unbelievable that's yeah. that's putting it together jim I, I like it that's no that's reading too much into this movie <laughs> okay so over, again over the last two years i probably watched a hundred of these lifetime and hallmark movies the hallmark christmas ones this one is among the worst i've seen jim you have not watched these where do you think that this one goes wrong like what do you think is so bad about this movie first off the acting seems to be mailed in except for the testimonials because the testimonials to me sounded like they were originally for match.com or eHarmony commercials that they just found laying around So it seemed genuine, but it just comes off so hammy and cliche. Even when the first scene out, I'm like, the cameras are filming us on just don't seem professional grade film cameras. It looks something like they went to Amazon and like, we just need a camera. Well, I, I, yeah, I think that's granted budget super low, but we've seen enough shitty movies where it's like, God damn, the production was fucking great. But this movie is the movies, the Lifetime and Hallmark movies with, with like the no, what I'll call the no name actors and actresses, apologies to them. They usually at least are scripted and designed in a way to have a lot of sentiment and emotion and, and tell like a feel-good story I, despite being predictable at yeah. least the story is good this one doesn't I, I mean i think jason Priestley and ed begley jr are a problem because they're <laughs> they're trying to outdo each other and having a worse performance they're lifeless they cannot like squeeze anything out of them anything at all jason Priestley is like monotone he doesn't change his facial expression he's worth i feel like literally it's one take all right next yeah it yeah yeah, right. This one, again, like I said it up top, it still could have had a decent like story. I think it could have been real well, yeah. It could have had a decent plot, but it's like, well, Jason Priestley and, and Melissa Joan Hart, and, and you know, I, I think Candace Cameron Bure, 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 AC Slater, Melissa Joan Hart, Lacey Chabert, they all have Aaron Samuels from Mean Girls. They've been in five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of these movies. They're vets. I wonder if they get to pick their scripts. So if they're like, hey, Here's the 30 for the year. Which one do you want to be in? Because like, it is a shame that they, because Melissa Jones, we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute. Let's, yeah. well, the first thing we're going to do is someone who's never appeared in a Lifetime movie. I would actually really like this Lifetime movie if David McCall was in it. It's Fear Christmas. Hey, I just read your script you gave me from Lifetime, okay? I'm going to need at least $1,500 to try to clean this piece of shit. It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. <laughs> should have allowed nature to take its course. It could have been different lifetime pipeline, but guess what? Time's up, bitch. I want to watch uh, Fear Christmas. How great uh, would that be? You carve sand into his stomach. <laughs> I'm Santa. Santa forever. Yeah, that sounds great. It sounds better than this. Uh, logic. Okay. Let's have fun, baby. We'll, we'll just bounce back and forth off each other. Her podcast is a live stream. Plus, her podcast is called Holiday Love. Again, is this a weekly podcast? What holidays could her podcast cover Christmas, obviously Valentine's day, but then like, yeah, that's what I said. Thanksgiving, 4th of July. The, the window is so narrow. Yeah. How the fuck is this podcast of the year? How exactly? And like, she's covering the major holidays only. And then basically like dear Christmas is basically her swim meet series yes. to holiday love. Even with that, you're telling me there's not other people that could be podcast of the year. It's insane. It's literally just her retelling people's love stories. Yeah. What is that? Oh, my God. Okay, let's start it off. All right, let's have some fun here, kids. Her book must not be that popular at all, considering they are giving it away in gift baskets. To whom are they giving them away to? What is with this bookstore that their parents... Who are well, investment bankers. Doesn't her, Oh, I thought her mom owned the bookstore. Their parents both owned the bookstore. They're investment bankers that retired. So they invested their hard-earned money into a bookstore, as you can see, not making any profit because Ed Bagley Jr. says, have your mom show you around the bookstore. And she's like, let me show you around. Nonfiction here, right? Bestsellers there. 
and staff pick here. Here's where we have the employee picks. Here's this over there. Meanwhile, he's sitting there like a fucking log stuffing her book in the gift baskets. How much did they pay for these books that they're just willy nilly yeah. giving away? Our daughter, we're so proud of. Here's a shit book. Well, her daughter legitimately is worth millions. If, if she's truly the number one podcaster, she's worth millions of dollars. Yeah. And look at the car she drives. True. <laughs> So when Natalie gets to Lake Tahoe, she stops and talks to the ornaments hanging on the door. You're not the only ones hanging around. Funny meeting you here. Any plans for Christmas? No? Me neither. Guess we're just a bunch of lonely hearts. I saw that. I'm like, she's fucking crazy. She's crazy. She's standing there and she's literally having a conversation with ornaments on a door. She doesn't do this before or after. Nope. For no reason. She's having a conversation with ornaments. And then she's like, look, I must be in Lonely Heart too. I'm like, oh, from that point on, that's why I text you. I'm like, oh, this is fucking miserable. So here's one. And I'm going to do these out of order because fuck it. Why not? So are we to believe that she passed out drunk while reading her first grade diary? Because she's reading it. Next thing you know, she wakes up a fucking mess everywhere, completely sloven. And she wakes up to quote unquote, Mr. Christmas nailing. First off, why the fuck are you nailing in the siding lights? Bad idea there, pal. But did she pass out reading her first kindergarten? first grade diary I, I think she did so speaking of nailing up the christmas lights when so when do we think natalie arrives back at her parents house what are do we, we think the date is are we to believe that it is december 18th approximately yeah that's what i think i think we're on the same page why are they putting up christmas decorations on december 18th for her parents to be so stalwart into christmas as we are told that they are those fucking lights should be up the day after Thanksgiving. Yes. Minimum. I mean, they are paying somebody to put them up, but it's like. Or are they paying him? Because it sounds like he doesn't make any money. I don't even know if they can see him. No. <laughs> He's just. Just some sort of phantom hanging shit. He's our ghost friend. <laughs> I, I don't get like why put up the Christmas decor. That's like such a huge logic issue. Like, hey, we love Christmas. That's why we put up our decorations on December 18th. <laughs> like, what the hell? So here's one that really needled me. So she has a FaceTime with Penny in the cafe or wherever yeah. it was yeah. with her fake oh, ass. Oh, that one's bizarre. With her fake ass AirPods yeah, that are Pe massive. Penny calls her. But how are we able to hear what Penny is saying when she has buds in her That's ear? That's a perfect point. It would just be her nodding it, and talking. That is the laziest scripting ever. <laughs> so bad. Penny calls her. Yeah. She gives us like some exposition about what's going on. Yeah. And then she says, what do you want? And she goes, what do you mean? And she goes, you called me. And she goes, oh, okay, bye. Yeah. It's like literally a, a phone call that happens only for the exposition. Why it's did we need to hear that writing. on her pair pad? I think they should have cast someone else as Chris because multiple times she describes him as like the hottest guy. Priestley was pretty attractive on 90210. Uh, yeah, he was a heartthrob. But like, he looks like Jerry Reed from Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> I mean, he's literally eastbound and down. He doesn't have it anymore. You know what I mean? He's no. fine. He's good. Whatever. He's fine. Here's the problem I have. And I wonder if we look at like older heartthrobs like this. Do they still think they have it? Look at Brad Pitt now. Oh, he's still gorgeous. He's gorgeous. Clooney looks great. But like, I feel Brad Pitt doesn't have that mystique like, hey, I still have it. Yeah. I feel like Priestley still is like, oh, he has yeah. a lot of ass kissers saying, you still got a big Jace. I, you got it. I think Priestley seems like the type of dude you'd run into at like a local bar. Yeah. Like, uh, hey, I'm I'm going to this bar, get some wings or whatever. And Jason Priestley's just there. You know what I feel? I feel that there was some sort of divine intervention. You had McConaughey and Priestley sitting at a bar. Whoever's your higher power came down and chose McConaughey. Yeah. And Priestley was just like off the Lifetime movie. You go. I, but he's only been in this one. Like, what? we're going to have to look up Priestley and maybe add it in after the fact. Like, I, I don't know what Priestley has done here i'm gonna bring it up okay. talk but i just there are a bunch of these lifetime and hallmark movies where the dude is legitimately like a fucking stud like there's this one where the dude's a ghost who's under a curse and he can't get out of his house that dude's fucking hot there's this one dude who can sing i told you about he's really attractive if they would have put those guys in this movie yeah. and been like you know she calls her sister and he she's like this guy is so hot i'd be like okay they are i agree 
But Priestley, like for her to describe him as being that hot, I'm just like, it doesn't. There's no connect. Okay, so Priestley's last movie, like straight on movie, I'm not talking television movie, was in 2016. So he hasn't done a regular movie in six years. Television wise, he did his last thing was Canada's Got Talent. He was a guest judge. He was a voice actor for the episode Float Your Vote for Corner Gas Animated. He was Mr. Cahill. Then was Dear Christmas. Then he played himself in a show called The Order, where he was in the episode Spring Outbreak Part 2. A lot of TV film directing, episode shots. Where do we think his income's coming from? I have no idea. Uh, residuals from 90210? But where? Is I don't it know. streaming somewhere? There's I no reruns. So. It's not on TV. I don't know. But yeah, there's a lot of... I think this has shifted to becoming concerned about Jason Priestley. He does a lot of TV directing. There's a lot on here for that. Okay. So that's what he seems to be into now. That's interesting. Nothing about the phone call. So we brought this up earlier. Nothing yeah. about the phone call with the guy who was deployed makes sense. Okay. Yes. Thank you. So they... He ruined the surprise. Well, basically. So again, we're assuming him and his girlfriend set up a Zoom call. He recorded the Zoom call to tell their story of how they met and all that. And I'm assuming it got sent to Penny where Penny then sent it to... Yeah. He either yeah. sent it to Penny or sent it directly to Natalie. So you find out he was deployed. Well, she gets up to answer the door. This is the first part of the logic. He has sent her receipts of plane tickets. That's what it seems like. How did, a he, boarding pass. how did he control that that would arrive while they were on the phone? It makes no sense that it arrives while they're on the phone. So are we to believe that he's currently deployed, correct? Yes. Why is he not in uniform? Well, that too. Is he NCO? I don't know, but that's, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> so he somehow controls when the package gets to her while he's on the Blackwater. Two, while she's gone, he literally tells the camera. Yeah. I'm going to ask her to marry me at that Would Christmas she not party. have heard that? I mean, exactly. I don't yeah. know how far she had to go to the door. I don't door. think she muted it because we could hear what's going on in the background. And I mean, as long as he's the one recording the phone call, she can't watch the phone call back. Like it's everything about it's just like nothing makes sense. Okay. So I have an idea and granted, they probably couldn't have done it because of COVID. However, an idyllic way would be he would have sent that recording. She would have went to the door and it's him at the door. Yeah, right. that would have been really fucking cool. Instead, they spoiled it. Yeah, like surprise her in a non-COVID world. Yeah, here we go. Here's another big one. So they sent Natalie off to go get the Christmas tree. Are yeah. you telling me without Chris, she was going to chop down a tree with the edge of her hand? Yeah. Like is she Hogan? And why are these trees covered in Parmesan cheese? <laughs> because it's not even really good fake snow. It looks like they went to craft and said spread shit on this. Yeah. So I have this one drove me insane at the ugly sweater party. They. They make all the martinis in advance. The mom <laughs> says, like, we need to make the drinks, but it's like no one's there yet. I have. How do you just make all the drinks in advance? Martinis are usually chilled. Yeah. How would they remain chilled? And like, <laughs> and also, how do you know who wants a martini? They make like 50 martinis. <laughs> I also have another big problem with this Christmas party. First off, this party, it seems you look in the background, there's gonna be a hundred people here because they have like banquets set up with um, sterno burners and all this shit and it's just Chris Massey showing up with a plate of Jojo potatoes that he made at the fire that he made at the firehouse. He's also a fireman. He fucking does everything. He's a cop. He's a fed. He's a, he's a <laughs> former East German Stasi policeman. I have no idea, but you have this big setup with the prepped martinis. You have this buffet for five people. As far as we know, for we never see, we never see because no. the laziest thing is Natalie's outside sulking or something. Yeah, of course. And you, you just hear, Hey Natalie, you won the ugly sweater contest. That's it. Like they could have shown a scene for exposition of like her mom cleaning up something like that to make it look like there was a big party. Yeah. No, not at all. No. Easy shit. Just told you just have to fill in the gaps yourself. Okay. One thing that fucking just, Oh, pissed me off. So near the end, her sister explains what five one one means like five minutes contractions, five minutes yeah. or one something, something apart. And then Natalie says, I don't know what that means. She just fucking explained to you what five one one meant. And she's like, I have no idea what that means. What? I, the whole, she is so dense for being so popular. The, the whole logic behind or between that that's it. first off, I think she hates her sister. Her sister desperately wants to be an anecdote on the podcast about the taxes thing. Horribly. It's and, not even funny. And she it's, won't. She's like, yeah, maybe. And she always just writes her off. Why can't you just look at her and go, fuck you? Yeah. She's supposed to go to the fireman's Christmas ball or whatever it is. Yeah, there's something. 
and she's got a red dress and she's ready to go. The her, dress that she wore to her sister's wedding. Her sister starts to have the contractions. She's in labor. Husband's supposed to be on the way. Two hours away. He's two hours away. Natalie is trying quite hard. Basically keeps looking at her watch like is the husband going to show up? Because the second the <laughs> husband gets there, she leaves her sister. If your sister was having her first baby, You're not wouldn't going you want to be there? Nope. I mean like wouldn't you want to be by her side? Wouldn't you want to make sure everything's alright? She wanted to to go for an exploration, Kevin, in deep digging. Yeah, that's what she wanted. Much, the second the husband shows up, she's gone. Bye, dick deep. And it's then they, gone. Uh, and then, of course, Chris has waited for her at the ball, and they slow dance to a made-up song. I'm hoping he Bluetooth that because there's nobody else around to. Well, he watch does. He pulls out his phone. Oh, does he do it? And puts it in his pocket. But I'm assuming. Like I laugh. I like to imagine that he's just playing it through his phone. <sighs> he puts it in his pocket and he's just playing songs through his phone. Because like, why would Chris's phone connect to the Bluetooth? At the banquet center. I don't know. He's a DJ because he does fucking everything. He most, owns the banquet center. Most people are DJs. Here's another one. How? Kevin, when you were in eighth grade, did you have a lot of people? Did you do band at all or any type of music class? I didn't or? do band, no. So I was, I did choir, uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, and there was maybe 25 people in the class. I remember every single one of those people. How in God's yeah. name did she forget him when she had such yes. a massive crush on yes. him? Yes, if he was just some random. Is this a Mandela effect? But at some point, like, I I think that I would remember like even now if I like somebody from I went to middle school with told me their name yeah I would be like oh yeah I I definitely know I can remember the girl I made out with and I got caught by her father when I was 11 I remember everything because she drew me a picture of myself on orange paper and she autographed it I fucking love that (laughs) yes that just made this whole episode worth it real quick story so my dad's best friend he went to school with we went up to Cleveland this is after my parents got married so this is a 90 so we go up there it's um some of my dad's old classmates they brought her daughter same age so at one point she hates me you know when you're kids yeah. you really like somebody you fancy yeah. somebody you push her around next thing you know we're in the corner of a room behind a fucking ficus making out left and right her dad catches us and i'm like oh i'm in trouble and my i can see my my mom and dad are kind of getting a kick out of it she literally draws me like a stick figure of me on like anderson windows parchment paper it's orange and autographed it i think i have that paper oh my God, at my so. parents house i love that i don't forget that how could she fucking forget this this girl in middle school i started getting a little heavy in middle school and um well i like thinned out i got a little, whatever but uh this girl she called me a P- pillsbury doughboy she was mean a bitch and she drew a picture a really good picture of the pillsbury doughboy but wrote my name thanks but then it's like a couple months later we're watching the mtv movie awards on coffee. like the last day of school getting some coffee <laughs> president of Burundi <laughs> and uh oh oh coffee coffee yeah, yeah but yeah she was like home alone and but she was moving a little too fast because uh if That's, she had, sounds familiar if she had it her way like I would have become King. a man that yeah. day at yeah. like 14 but uh <laughs> but instead yeah we just like made out until our, our faces were chapped and oh. uh, watched the MTV movie awards which if you remember oh, they there. would just play it again as soon as it was over yeah and it was like I think that's what I told my mom like oh I'm going to watch the MTV movie awards okay have fun yeah, whatever and then I'm going to tug down her throat. Yes, exactly. And then, um, yeah, I, I have great memory. But the thing is, though, we remember these moments. Yeah. Yes, exactly. This, how do you not remember a guy that you had so much affection yeah. for? I remember, I mean, like, I don't know how big their school was. I remember, like, everyone. Yeah. And my memory's horrible. But Unless I like she was in, like, a downtown Chicago school where they have a graduating class of 1,300. Yeah. But even still, in, in something like that, his th- name because is she had in, a crush on him. His name is in her diary in Red Crayon. And it's not X the next page. All right. Weird. What is the legacy of this movie? So Melissa Joan Hart's in a bunch of these. There's one called A Very Nutty Christmas that feels like an acid trip that I love. She owns a bakery. Of course. A nutcracker comes to life. Oh, God. And she, like, dates him. But then he it's just... It's Jason Priestley. But then he just disappears and she ends up with a different guy in the end that, she, that wasn't even in the rest of the movie. All these things should be same universe, like yeah. shared universe. She's in one called Holiday in Handcuffs with A.C. Slater where she kidnaps him. Oh, I thought that was going somewhere else with it. Both of the... Both both of those are better than this one. All right. Before we step away for some plugs, just remember that you can't spell advertisements without semen between the tits. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. You just said the magic words. I look what you did. And look at the world of savings at Toys R Us this Christmas. From worlds of wonder, it's laser tag. Fire the laser tag starlight and send an infrared beam of light to the laser tag star sensor. Swell! 
Also comes with a star belt, all for only $44.99. Get additional star sensors and other laser tag gear from Worlds of Wonder at Toys R Us. Pool Sceners, once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the show. And don't forget, as always, like, comment, subscribe, rate and follow Apple, Spotify and Podbean. You leave us a five star review and we read it on the air. We'll send you out a bit of a prize. Also, don't forget, check us out on Facebook, Instagram and Twitch. You guys are unsure how to get there. We have a one stop shop now and it's called Linktree. L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash pool scene podcast if you guys would like to contribute to the show in any way help for future content maybe even put it towards a cup of coffee for us there is a link at the top of the link tree that will send you to basically a tip jar we love you guys and thank you once again and now back to kevin hey final app guy you monitoring the uh sleigh races over there yeah They ever do F1 races in the snow? I think it'd be the coolest thing ever. They did like a an exhibition, like three cars on like a Finland ice fjord. All oh, they all died. They had like nails in their tires for tread. Yeah, I don't think you could ever do a competitive type thing. But so yeah, don't have a lot for a final app this week. Um, Kevin, how did you feel after last week's alcohol advent calendar? Um, how, how was your tummy? It was okay. I, so my, my pee smelled heinous the next morning, which I, it smelled like the minky sunrise. Okay. I'm going to do what you suggested. Every time we have a guest, I'm buying a can of it. They have to try this Uh, mess. So bad. It was horrible for me the next morning. It literally was brown rain like all day long. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, I I don't know. It was it was just some of the that minky sunrise was really the worst of the. I never thought I would ever taste anything so bad in my life. Uh, Real bad. It's literally like watching this movie and then drinking a minky sunrise. So next week we have a much better Christmas movie, mostly much better Christmas movie. It was theatrically released, has a very good cast, has Khaleesi from Game of Thrones. I thought you were going to say Wiz Khalifa. Has Wiz Khalifa in it also. <laughs> Michelle Yeoh, Henry Golding, Emma Thompson. There's some uh, some other ones. Great soundtrack because it's all George Michael and William. And yeah, theatrically released. It was uh, directed by Paul Feig, who did Bridesmaids. Uh, okay, good. So like in the Ghostbusters in 2016, the the female Ghostbusters. So it's um it's tonally obviously very yeah. different because it was a theatrically released Christmas. So this is movie. kind of a, after this one. This is a Christmas eggnog palate cleanser. Absolutely. So we are going to do our gift exchange. Hopefully uh, everything's here and arrived and uh, we'll do our gift exchange for a pool check. We will cover a much better movie. Although sometimes when we do the bad movies, it makes for a good episode. I shit you not. And this is, we're talking live right now throughout this episode. And this is not even editing. I'm like, if we can get 40 minutes out of this episode, I'll be surprised. This ended up being fucking hilarious because this movie was so bad. Some of my favorite episodes like Chinese speaking vampires, bonfire of the vanities. I mean, just like terrible movies. Yeah. Yeah. I next week's going to be a lot better we're gonna do a gift exchange should be a fun episode and then after that we'll have uh, one more christmas offering for you and then um, new year yeah I'm a new year and gonna move on to something maybe do a palette cleanser to kick off the year and then uh yeah we we appreciate you all being along for the journey our pool scene elves out there yes our Elf fun mog. fun flock all right until next week Silencia.